0: Hello and welcome to another episode of G.I. Joeberg! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oh yeah,
1: it's Steve! And, and Rob! And, and Paul! And, and Paul! <laughs> <laughs> and Kujo on the West Coast. By the end of this conversation, you're going to feel ways about things. <laughs> and Goro!
0: And at the outset, guys, if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame, this is the podcast to skip. Yep. Or if you don't care, listen on. But, uh, you know, it's been said enough. Like, everyone's had the opportunity to see it by now. Hopefully, hopefully, if you've uh, had had a gap. Uh, and it's time we sunk our teeth into this milestone in pop culture. I must say, like, I loved it. But I've had enough opportunity to like kind of cool off from it. It still mm. has enormous impact if I if I think about the way it affected me. But you know, right now I'm pretty laissez-faire about it. It's not like
2: mm.
0: uh, it's not like you my world world, world world revolves around. I and mean, maybe that's that's a good thing. But we'll get into that. Um, opening remarks, gents. Uh, what's new on anyone's minds? The floor is yours.
3: Okay, well let me let me shoot off this quickly. Um, okay, well also if if it's okay, h- um, how many people on this channel uh, on on our podcast watch Game of Thrones? I think Rob does, eh? Hey? Um, I kind of do, uh,
4: but I haven't really this season yet. But I have heard all of the
3: uh, the ups and downs. So you've actually heard everything. So you've essentially had it spoiled for you, right? Yeah, correct. Okay. Cooch, do you care about Game of Thrones? Something tells me you don't.
1: Actually, I'm a frequent visitor to Westeros, so yes, Whoa.
3: sir. Cool. Okay, so you've are you up to date? You've watched the final episode and everything? Yep. Okay. Steve, I don't know. Do you care about Game of Thrones? No, he doesn't.
0: <laughs> I don't, but I decided because it is such a thing, I want to be there you know, on the front lines as it wraps up. And, okay, cool. yeah, I must say, you know, like, if I was a diehard fan, I'd probably be pretty disappointed.
3: Okay, cool. No, that's interesting. No, because the reason I'm, I'm just putting this out there, and also for our listeners, I may make some comparisons to Game of Thrones while we talk about Avengers. So, I I just wanted to just make sure that, you know, you guys, I don't want well, to spoil anything. I'm going to steal your speaker. thunder
0: right off the bat, Paul, and just say, like... Endgame is proof to every major franchise that you can have a satisfying final chapter. You know, oftentimes I've heard the argument that, like, why do things come to an end? Like, nothing ever ends Mm. on a good note, because otherwise it wouldn't be ending. But Mm. Endgame was a planned story arc that was executed Mm. well, and reached its ultimate destination very satisfyingly. So okay. it's proof in pop culture that it can be done.
3: Oh, yeah. I would a- even argue that Game of Thrones is a good example of that as well. popular opinion, I know, but...
4: <laughs> but... Whoa! Doo, doo, okay. Doo. But before we dive in, yeah. what else has happened with you guys?
3: Yeah, so I mentioned to you guys quickly in the pre-game ramble uh, that I just wanted to mention something that was pretty cool. Uh, so... On our previous podcast, we talked about getting some new stuff that had arrived. And I decided to just take a small walk through my toy collection, uh, through my Joe collection, just to, you know, just to make sure, you know, I just did a small census on everything. So it's pretty awesome because I didn't realize this, but I only need uh, for the regular carded Joes from 84 to 1990. um, I'll start with the cool years. 1988 I only need one figure, 1989 I only, only need two figures, uh, 87 I need three, uh, and 86 I need four, and then as we get closer to it, like 85 it's six, and 84 it's like a whole bunch, <laughs> and 83 it's like everybody. Um But that was like really, really awesome for me because I'm like, I can't believe how close I am to finishing some of these waves. Now, I'm sure you guys can relate to this, but um, you know, when you buy a GI Joe and you see all those little pictures of the guys at the back. And uh, as a kid, I always used to imagine, what would it be like to have all of those Joes that are on the back of the card? Well, I'm starting to get close to that realization now. And it's pretty amazing, I got to say. I'm like, it's a really exciting thought. I don't know if you guys share that sentiment at
1: all. You're in Wrong. the collecting endgame, <laughs>
3: <laughs> and it's not even a collector's thing. It's just like it's so awesome. Like I have so many Joes, <laughs> because the reason I did the census is because I'm actually remeasuring uh, my collector's case, my my Joe display case, and I wanted to see how many Joes, how much space I'm going to need to fit uh, to fit the entire like carded wave. Um, in there with the, you know, maybe with the possible addition of Tiger Force, Battle Force 2000 and, like, the Renegades that we were speaking about the other day as well as, you know, the, the movie stuff like Globulus and Just Nemesis to clarify, you're not talking about it's...
0: actually collecting mint on card characters.
3: No, 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 no.
0: Because <laughs> when you say carded range can be misconstrued, my man.
3: Yeah, sorry. What I mean by carded, I mean that. It's the figures that were originally released on cards, not the vehicle drivers, not um, subsets or anything like that, just the plain, straightforward Wave. So, like, 1988's Wave has, uh, what is it, 17 figures? And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, like... or actually, 87 has quite a bit more. Yeah, it's got 17 carded figures, but that's excluding Battle Force and all that stuff that would come in later. So... Yeah, I'm quite excited. Also, I'm excluding vehicle drivers, mail away exclusives, uh, you know, Brazil, all of that stuff. So, yeah, it's it's pretty cool.
0: I'm happy for you, Paul. That's uh, thanks, man.
4: Collecting satisfaction right there. Yeah, it's a it's, great feeling. You know, it's incredible thinking that you kind of started more, very much in the in the modern era. You know, I mean, you had your collection was very much skewed towards the modern, but mm. now you're kind of coming up on finishing years. Yeah, it's a good feeling, dude.
3: It's just the coolest thing when I realized I only need, like, two figures to finish 89. And it's DJ and the Night Viper, by the way, if anybody cares.
0: <laughs> but, like, <laughs> yes! Well, DJ is available at our man with his amusements.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I see that, but uh, I just got to roll into some money first before I get new stuff.
0: He's missing the white plugs.
3: If you oh. Care. Oh. Yeah, right. I don't know. DJ has so little going for him, maybe those white plugs are important. You know what I mean? (laughs) um, But like the other thing here is as well, is like because I got these new toys, I was like, okay, so if I see a figure pop up, what is what should be my target? What should I be going for? So now I can at least go, okay, I'm gonna try and finish eighty eight because I've got one figure left in there or whatever, you know, and then go for that, you know. Just by the by. Um, which is Lightfoot. I don't know why I don't have Lightfoot yet. It's just random. It just, I see him everywhere and yet I don't own him. I think it's cause I always see him without his gun. Well, gun, that remote control or without his helmet or whatever. Anyway, enough about that. I just, uh, I just wanted to put that out there. He's, gushing, cool. he's gushing. guys. I was excited. It's exciting. This, this toy buying thing, you know, it's nice when you start, you know, ticking boxes sometimes, you know, and the thing is with G.I. Joe. It's so satisfying because every one of those waves is 17 to 20 unique characters. If you're just buying the carded stuff and you're ignoring the vehicles and mail-aways and all that, you know, it's 17 unique characters that are for the most part all very, very good toys, like amazing toys, actually. And when they're not amazing, they're very good. If you, if you get what I'm saying. So. That's a cool feeling. I mean, how many toy collections? If I look at the modern era and you look at how the modern era is broken up, how many of those are snake eyes? You know, and that's why it's, it's a cool feeling. That's why it's one of the appeals to vintage. Anyway, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going, yep, yeah, we got it, Paul. Yeah, yeah, congratulations. We're so glad you finally noticed. Move along. Kujo, <laughs> what are you up to? What were you up to this weekend?
1: guys i'm in a pretty serene state of mind it's a good feeling um i think uh this last weekend uh, i covered comic con revolution that's in ontario california um i'll mention a few people i chatted up uh i did cross paths with jamie sullivan again um cheers you know we have an easy rapport together the guy was in radio i think in college uh It's always a pleasure to chat him up. I think I'm going to drop that podcast in the near future. I also chatted with uh, Greg Berger, who is uh, Firefly from the Sunbow series. And I definitely do my homework, but I can't focus on everybody at once. So it took me a while to get to Berger. He was awesome. Like, after that interview, I I was nervous the whole day because, I don't know, my mojo felt off recently, but... That chat was something else, uh, and it just kind of it reminded me and, and something I'll remind you guys listening that, uh, look, I, I'm here to verify that G.I. Joe is the, the smartest franchise. It's the best franchise. Uh, I, I know. I know. There's other opinions, but I'm telling you from a top to bottom creator, people involved, everybody I've talked to in G.I. Joe is sharp as a whip. It's It's, it's just cool. It's just cool uh feel validated is what i'm saying um let's see aside from that i guess there's some end game on my mind uh i'll, I'll talk a little bit of more con- conventions uh joe fest that's a month away uh if you can get there I don't know, do it just cuz it's going to be a bunch of cool cats i think i'm in the backup hotel if you're staying in the backup hotel let's make sure and ch- we chat yeah, that's all I got. Uh, podcast drop in, uh, check the hashtag road to Joe Fest. And I think more close to me, like on June 9th, the weekend of June 9th, if you're in SoCal, find your way to Pasadena, uh, the GI Joe toy show or I, I'm, I'm not looking at it, but yeah, check that out. Um, that's all I got pregame.
4: Nice one, nice one. Well, Steve and I um, actually just um, wrapped up at least some of the filming of uh, Blazing Sand Part 5 this past weekend, Um, and that was a fun experience. I think it it generally went down quite well. (laughs) What do you think, Steve?
0: Well, yes, I think uh, no major issues befell us. We managed to get exactly what we would set out to get done, which is wonderful. We weren't interrupted by uh, the Nature Reserve's closing hours or uh, <laughs> nudists. Uh, <laughs> we yeah we, we had a good time. Um, uh, nothing was stolen, lost, or broken. I'd say it was a very successful weekend. And also, I like the fact that it wasn't all about the work. Uh, Rob and I hit the nightclubs on Saturday nights, a friend's birthday party. Um, Sunday was a was a, a reasonably late start. I don't think we, we, we uh, put ourselves under too much pressure. We actually shot some stuff for Cobra Convergence 4, which I'm very excited about because for me, it's important to keep the channel varied. You know, we started mm-hmm. out as a podcast. In our very next year, we started doing video reviews. Out of the video reviews, morphed the idea of uh, doing action sequences, which morphed into the webisodes. Then we started, uh, you know, Creating live streams. Uh, we did the road to Jocon, which mm, we took on a more of a documentary style. All the while, we've kept the podcast going. So, like, we are now doing something slightly different again
4: for uh, Cobra
0: Convergence. Which, yeah, man, I I I can't contain my excitement. July can't come around soon enough.
4: It's a coming, son. It's a coming. Yep.
0: And I don't know. I I I'd like to think um, the final chapter of Blazing Sand. Is satisfactory, but I, I'm also aware of like the weight of expectation. Think people think, Oh, it's got to be building towards something. And I must say, my style is very much more understated than that. You know, mm. the perpetual struggle of G.I. Joe versus Cobra, at least on the ground, you know, at grassroots level for the grunts is one of like hard fought small battles and skirmishes. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but. I'd like to think that, uh, we're gonna let character shine rather than sweeping, you know, massive action sequences. There's gonna be plenty of action though. How dare you. Well, yeah, as I say, I don't want to give away too much, but I mean, you know, there are people who are saying like, Oh man, are they going to scuttle the flag? Actually, you're one of them, Cujo. You're like, Oh, we want to see the flag sink to the bottom of the ocean. I'm like, You can do that with your flag. Thank you very much, (laughs) dude. There's a lot of besides my flag is unsinkable, dude. That polystyrene is is super buoyant.
1: There's a lot of evils in the Resident Evil franchise, uh, the movie franchise, but. If if you had the flag like stuck in a sand dune, that'd be pretty damn compelling.
3: Yeah, that's one thing. Um, the Resident Evil films, in my opinion, don't really fail that. Is their
1: cinematography? Like yeah, let's not let's not go off on a tangent. Let's keep it. <laughs> I'm just saying. We've
0: gone off off to several tangents, Cujo. <laughs>
3: so, uh, cheers. Mm. So, I mean, there's, it's, not, it's not a bad one to crib from. I mean, it's not like we're taking storytelling tips from, you know, Paul W.S. Anderson at the moment or whoever writes these things.
1: I feel like, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like at least helmed by Steven and Rob and whatever you guys are crafting, the, the third chapter was kind of like a big blowout with the flag. The fourth almost felt like mostly a CIS or something, you know, like Navy brass and stuff like that, making decisions.
0: Mm.
1: So I mean, each chapter kind of varied.
0: Well, it it, it occurs to me that uh, Keel Hall has never gotten much chance to shine because he's just the flag guy, you know. Mm. Unless you're uh, making the flag somewhat of the star of the show, uh, Keel Hall, he's just a you know a guy with brass on his shoulders. So yes, it, it, you're absolutely right. Cooge. Part four definitely is like essentially an extended dialogue between Hawk and flag with a few little speed humps in the way like Hawk getting assassinated but oh it's actually Zartan. Um, anyways you know, you know we, we try and keep it interesting
3: Yeah, and there's well, a few cheeky things here and there Yeah. well I mean from what I know because <laughs> uh, I haven't seen any of the footage you guys have shot obviously all well, yet
4: well obviously. we're not done yet um, we still got a few things to shoot but um, I'm pretty excited for the end result when it eventually gets out <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rob, we've managed to shoot two scenes so far it's uh it's uh it's definitely work in progress, man. What's beautiful about it is it isn't full time employment it's something we do on the side, and I've made it my mission to not let it become all consuming to the point where it actually stops being fun you know mm. be, it's it's very intimidating thinking like, oh, we got a lot of shots to get through. So if you load your time so much so that like you're overwhelmed by it and you're like grouchy about it, then I think then I think it's time to pack it in. I think it's overstated it's welcome. So in the interests of longevity of this kind of project of you know, fan made toy films, yeah, Rob and I are gonna take a rather languid approach.
4: Absolutely. The fun way around. <laughs>
0: mm, yes. No, we had plenty of good grub. Sorry, I was telling the story of the weekend. Yeah, (laughs) and amongst uh, the the shooting, there was uh, good food, good
3: loggers, good times.
4: Absolutely. It was a uniquely fun experience, I think.
3: I bet everybody's wondering what we think or what we thought of Endgame. Like, did we enjoy it? Did we think it was a big waste of time? Uh, Are we trying to get as many toys to recreate it in our bedrooms, living rooms, etc.? Uh, are we hoping that Marvel just burns the house of M down so that you know real movies can come out? What what is what is G I Joeberg's opinion on on Endgame? Yeah,
4: I'm I'm, I'm wondering um, what is your guys like general impressions of the movie? Um, it sounds like Steven has very good impressions of it. Um, Paul, it sounds like you might not based on no, your. No, I dug it.
3: No, no I dug it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just Game being. <laughs> I before uh, all I want to say is dude is like Game of Thrones ended and it ended well and if people don't like it tough because I don't know what they were expecting it to be seriously right, okay
4: that's that that, oh. that that that's your angle there for myself um yeah I think in in game was definitely worth it um you know they may not have actively been building up to this point over 10 years. I mean, Mm. obviously they they knew they wanted to use Thanos. They wanted to use the infinity Gauntlet. You know, I mean, they've been inserting the stones into all of those, into all of the movies since, you know, since the first ones, but it it really does bring it all together in this final film. And it really does feel like the end of, of, of a decade long journey. Um, and Mm. Yeah, I gotta say, you know, personally, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I cried quite a bit. <laughs> Aww, yeah,
3: <laughs> very emotional. Well, that's cool, man. That's, like,
1: that's one conscious decision I made. I was like, I'm not gonna let the punk from Weird Science make me cry. Of course, I'm talking <laughs> about Robert Downey Jr. But, um, I don't know. It, I know we're not talking about like, uh thematic conversations yet. We're probably going to go character first, but I felt like it was a little labored at the at, down the stretch. Um, but I think, like Paul, it does dovetail with Game of Thrones and just the way stories are being told, but I think mm-hmm. we'll get there. I mean, what do you think, Stephen? Is it the characters for you that stand out?
0: I think the fact that uh, they managed to build successful narrative arcs around... The primary characters and pay them off. You know, it mm-hmm. is very much a, a satisfying uh, ride into the sunset for the initial pillars of the, the MCU. I mean, the ultimate sacrifice coming from Iron Man himself, which was beautiful and poignant and fitting and beautifully paid off because His He had that messiah complex about, you know, he has the power to be the savior of the human race. That responsibility weighs so heavy on him. He finally fulfills his destiny and the woman he loves gives him the permission to rest. Tells him that she's going to be okay. They're all going to be okay. You can rest now. And that's so perfectly put. I mean, it's a masterstroke in... In screenwriting, in character development and payoff, um, it it really is all about the characters to me. And and, mm. and so I can forgive any minor uh, stumbles that the movie might have had. I mean, you know, you're dealing with a, a huge cost again, so there will always be some clunkiness. But, man, did it just deliver. Just like, there's not a shadow of doubt in my mind that, that this is the textbook example of how to execute... A, well, I mean, it, it remains to be seen whether anything like this can ever be achieved again in the history of cinema. But they did it... They, you know, they made relatively few missteps along the way.
1: On the Stark tip, were the scenes with him and his dad the ones that hit you the hardest, or no?
0: <laughs> Negative. That was lovely. Mm-hmm. That's a nice... I mean, look, the fact that they managed to... Not only pay off the main guys, but also bring in the extended cast for, hell, even just cameos. I mean, was it was the name Tia Leone? No, what's the name um, Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei is in this film. She doesn't have a line. Just Aunt May is there, you know. Like,
4: yeah, she The is. extended
0: cast all get name-checked or nods or cameos. Um, Howard Stark being there and just giving Tony a moment before he fulfills his ultimate destiny in this titanic struggle to just have a few heartfelt words with his dad. Christ, that was just, you know, he always, he always car- carried the burden of never having gotten the opportunity to say goodbye. Having lost his parents somewhat tragically at the hands of the Winter Soldier. You know, it's something that certainly it, it propels him in, in Civil War. That's his motivation. He opens Civil War with that scene like, you know, this is the last time I saw them. I never got a chance to say goodbye. You remember that like a holography scene where he's demonstrating yeah. like yeah, how you can bring back recesses of your memory with holography. I think that was what it was about anyways. And he got his chance. It was heartfelt. But yeah, no, that wasn't the 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 highest emotional high. I'd say Black Widow bowing out ranks pretty highly. Hell, the cold open with Clint and his family. I mean, my buddy who I powerful. watched it with uh, most recently, he turned to me and was like, wait, is this the start of the film? I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. watch very closely, my friend. And he's a father of two. Oh, and if you had listened to previous episode uh, of G.I. Joburg, he's, he's the very same, Alistair, my childhood friend. Good man. Does he yeah. listen to
1: the podcast when he's not on it?
0: Absolutely not.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: he's got better stuff to do. <laughs>
0: he goes as far as uh, watching the YouTube stuff, which he's very excited about as uh, anyone who listens to the previous episode will attest. In fact, he he's now thinking about it full time. He's he he wants he wants me to drive up and spend the weekend so we can hammer out some more episodes. I'm like, "Yeah." I
1: I do I definitely do not want to go on a tangent about this. But it always surprises me how little people's families listen to their podcasts. It's like you have a human evolving <laughs> in front of you and you're not paying attention. Oh, dude. Um, it's crazy, but I don't, I, don't, I don't want to talk about that.
3: Yeah, I must be honest. That doesn't bother me.
1: I've got to say like, we had a medical podcast
0: in existence where heard a bunch of doctors talked about their most recent weird and wonderful cases. I'm pretty sure I'd give it a wide berth as well, Kooj. This stuff is just perhaps a little too nichey. Yeah. I am mm-hmm. such a fan of the fact that you can type G.I. Joe into your search box on Stitcher or iTunes or Podbean and you'll be hit with at least four or five quality, you know, podcasts out there. I'm not naming names.
3: <laughs> and then ours. <laughs> uh, oh, jeez, you had to put down. Well, look. The
1: uh, but I did not mention my Indiegogo, and I don't want to discuss that right now. It would just be another side thing. Uh, but no, uh, HCC did say that our podcast was like can't miss listening. That that I mean, the voices in the room make it bigger than just toys. I'm sure if your your uh, your wife had a had a podcast, and the other doctors were like, I don't know, like Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd and Spies Like Us, I'd listen.
0: I know know I'm charismatic as hell, but at the end of the day, people are tuning in because we talk about this shared nostalgia. You know, that is a powerful emotion. In fact, I'm going to argue it's one of the most powerful emotions because it only gets stronger the older you get. Mm. Love dies, lust dies, uh, your enjoyment perhaps of like, like, I don't know, junk food or television dies but the nostalgia for your youth for your childhood oh we are we are (laughs) we're selling that stuff man well
1: (laughs) that's the drug
0: that we're peddling
1: i won't disagree but if that's peanut butter then this is chocolate it's not just nostalgia it's the fact that it's an intersection gi joe specifically is an intersection between our culture and what it is and the realization that the file cards that we were reading were actually probably the best education you ever got, let's be honest.
0: Yeah here. But uh, you were the one who was saying, uh, let's not get stuck on a tangent.
3: (laughs) Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I actually wanted to echo um, Steve's sentiment on the opening of Endgame. I loved that it was so quiet. It was just like what this film did that I thought was really beautiful is that the final trailer has just gone off and the audience is still like sitting there and they're scratching around and they're like, you know, going through their popcorn or whatever the hell. And then it and the cinema is just quiet and it's got this, and it just opens up and you hear um Hawkeye, you hear old Clint like talking and stuff and, and it gets your attention because it's not loud. It's not screaming for your attention. It's not going, Hey, explosions. It's, quiet there's no like marvel flippery oh look this is all the stuff that we built it's just look at this and look at how the world turns look at how the world goes into a sharp depression (laughs) you know and i love that because it's just that it's it sets this ball uh, in motion you know you're watching the you when you watch the previous one you know all of this is, is happening we were all shocked as viewers we were all when i say we were all um the internet went crazy, and it, people were like, "whatevers," and there was memes about, you know, um, this and that, and the next thing being dusted, and then there were even quizzes where you could see if you were, you know, one of the survivors. So it, it made like quite a, a huge impact, past um past the screen, it 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 hit us like a, on a pop culture level or, or on a cultural level, and so now you're getting to actually experience that in canon with the film and I thought that was incredibly smart how they did that. And and you're watching people you, you're watching these heroes um going back to their sort of I wanna say base instincts because Captain America is he's a righteous dude. He's like Ferris Bueller. And and he starts counseling people. You know, he creates self-help groups and he and he's helping guys out. Um Black Widow is
0: incidentally without... one of those guys in that scene. Was the creator of Thanos? I learned yes. Easter egg. Yeah, um,
3: uh, there was yeah there was two there was actually two big guys in there. There's the one writer, and then yeah. I think a producer or something on the film or, or something. Uh, no, no, it was, was
0: a rice, one of the Russo brothers. I think. Mm. Got the curly hair, dark curly hair. Oh well, peppercorn <laughs> curly hair. Um, salt and pepper. Sorry, that one. Uh, and. Uh, was his name Jim Stalin? Crea- yes,
1: Jim Stalin. There we go. Creator yeah.
0: of,
3: yeah, not uh, Stalin. That guy's hair is
1: still in the seventies. But um, <laughs>
3: I yeah, know, right Jim Stalin. Um, and it was just cool to see all of these characters going, you know, back to their base things. I mean, like, you know, Black Widow. She had to figure out what her purpose is because, you know, being an Avenger, being part of Shield, originally gave her purpose. Um, And before that, you know, we all know she was a killer because she's just purpose driven. So now she's trying to lead the Avengers, you know, or whatever's left of them. You know, so she's seeking purpose. You know, Captain America is trying to help people because that's what Captain America does. And Clint is just pissed off. He's just killing. He's just like, okay, you know what? Half the world's eliminated. Let's get rid of the scummy part that's left. (laughs) And he's just going bad. Twenty five percent. Yeah.
0: I, I I drew a parallel between what Cap was doing and what G.I. Joeberg does <laughs> yeah. in a post uh, Thanos snap world or in a post Hasbro's interest in G.I. Joe world. Uh, it's guys like us who are trying to rebuild, you know, because if we don't, uh, what was that all, you know, what was the point of all of that? It's up to us mm-hmm. now to paraphrase all Cap. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha uh, ha. Huh, huh. I'm going to ask uh, a question that uh, we usually get from Curtis. How did you guys take in the film? What kind of company were you in? What was your, your setup? What was your scenario?
3: Rob, I haven't heard your voice.
4: Whoa, you haven't heard my voice on this on this topic yet. Um, well, <laughs> I went with work, actually.
3: Um, so
4: all of us post-FanCon, uh, are, you know, the Cape Town comic convention – you know, we all ended up there, I think it was a Thursday night, Friday, no, Sunday night, it was a Sunday. Um, so all of us were there, all of my, you know, my, my comic book store colleagues and my bosses. Um, and, yeah, what was interesting, though, is that half of them had seen it already, so I was like, okay, you guys sit on the other end of the queue here, of the row, so you don't spoil anything. <laughs> um. And it was it was really interesting. Um and also the audience itself is very responsive. Um I mean there's some really great fan servicing moments, but also at the same time moments that kind of really resonate with you, you know, and with the characters that you've, you know, you've been growing up with. Um the audience was very responsive to this movie. Um and definitely all the way through they're very much reacting, I think, the way that the directors would have wanted them to. I think there was just one scene where some people laughed at something that wasn't actually funny, but offhand right now I can't remember what, what that was. Oh
0: no, dude! You have to.
4: <sighs> I'm gonna try and remember. Um, I think it was like a sound or something, and, and people laughed at it instead of just going like, oh, you know, it was supposed to be like a sad moment, and people were like, Shit, <laughs> I wish I could remember.
3: Whoops. <laughs> oh, God, no, but it. that's typical. People don't pay attention sometimes. So. No, that, that's well, we'll true. will come back to you, Robbie yeah
4: definitely come
3: back to me
0: i saw it with the wife after uh, having seen captain marvel 2 weeks before that and in the interleading 2 weeks we binged a number of mcu films to kind of just remind ourselves of the the broad story beats but also like as you know if you do the research and rewatch things and things start sticking the enjoyment is that much more enhanced because mm-hmm. Easter eggs will land harder. Uh, the filmmaker's intention is that much more apparent and the sort of the touchstones on various, uh, aspects of, of the MCU that perhaps are less celebrated are then held up to the lights. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure a lot of people rewatched, uh, Thor the Dark World after Endgame just because. You know that there's a, there, there are some payoffs from that film in Endgame.
3: Yeah, and it's a fairly um, unmemorable film as well, unfortunately. So, but hopefully Endgame makes it more memorable.
0: Uh, Kim is absolutely pumped, man. Like after after Captain Marvel, she was pumped. There was no no denying who the the more enthusiastic member of the relationship was from that point. <laughs> was, she was like just full of questions and like so excited. I mean, our discourse over those two weeks was very enjoyable. Taking in an MCU movie like maybe once every two nights, or every night in fact. And then just the, the banter, man. It was good. It was very good. The cinema we saw it at was absolutely chock a block. Um they had put out a little in memoriam <laughs> outside. They had various like um like glass I suppose there would be for like uh, maybe an ant um ant what do you call them? Antilles. Ant- ant- uh, I don't know, like like little yeah, like, various glass um, planters, planter boxes, filled with, like, soil. <laughs> <laughs> and behind Plant them forms. they had pictures. Uh, rest in p- peace, uh, Black Panther. <laughs> rest in peace, Winter Soldier. Oh, very funny. They were very funny. Funny, funny guys. Um, and it being packed, I mean, it was cool. Like, it was very mixed house. I don't think it was too, too fan-heavy. There were a lot of kids, and... Uh, it, it being over three hours of runtime, there were a lot of people taking bathroom breaks, which, eh, you know, take it or leave it. When nature calls, you got to answer. Uh, and speaking of, when the film ended and the credits began to roll, one of the ushers came in and said, "Listen up, guys. Just so you know, there's no sting at the end of this, so feel mm. free to, you know, leave now and use the restroom." And to my chagrin, Kim and I both answered the call of nature, and we left oof, we then missed the non-sting. But I would have wanted to have experienced it. it. Just As as part of the intended cinematic experience of Endgame, I would would have wanted to have heard it at that point. Mm. Uh, if you don't know what I'm referring to, I'm referring to the hammer-on-anvil sound effect, which I would mm. have immediately known was a, a callback to a time in the cave, you know, in Iron Man hammering out his first suit of armor. Um, what that means, it's open to interpretation. I don't think it is intended to mean anything more than like, you know, a final salute to the character, the actor, the franchise that started it all.
1: Let me build on that momentum. Please. Um, did you tell him that, that, that Usher was later found beaten in an alley? No, I'm I'm joking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) no, uh, I went with my lady probably because of my lady. And it's funny that you should mention that because it's, it's something to behold to see, um, like people gravitate towards a certain medium when they weren't there before, or like a genre. Like if you'd have told me back when I was reading dark horse, star Wars comics, that ladies would be asking me more questions about them now than anybody back then. I, I don't know, man, but, um, no, she saw Captain Marvel. I didn't. It's kind of annoying that the coolest special effect comes off of one of the you know most notorious characters. But uh,
0: explain that. What?
1: Well, the the kind of the effects that come off of Captain Marvel when she's doing her thing. Um, like the rainbow stuff, you know. Oh yeah. But uh, no, we we saw it's relatively empty. I didn't I didn't go straight away. I gave it like a week or two. About you, Paul.
3: I I was invited to the premiere um Whoa. to the, yeah I was invited to the premiere to go and check it out and they, they it was cute there was like a whole voucher coupon thing that they were going to give us you would get like a Funko pop or, and a key ring and a whole bunch of stuff and I was actually quite keen for it but I was uh, really really heavily busy with some work that I was doing for this one company incidentally the company that had actually arranged the premiere tickets for us if we wanted them so I had to decline <laughs> And then um, I just went to go watch it on the Sunday because I think the premiere was, it was on a Thursday night for us, Wednesday or Thursday night, it was the, it was like the big press thingy, it was the whole spiel, and then um, I went to go watch it on that Sunday and I went to go watch it by myself because um, Marika is not into anything so I went to go and watch it by myself, which I was quite happy about because I generally these days do find that I enjoy watching movies either with people that are in the know or just by myself. I don't really want to go with muggles, as horrible as that is to say. Um, okay. So yeah, and I snuck in a, a one liter coke, and you know, <laughs> and I enjoyed hey. myself. It was, it was really good. I didn't need any bathroom breaks. You I was serious? Three-
0: like, once yeah. you're done drinking it, you r- replace the liquid.
3: <laughs> no, no, dude. I was good, man. Like, I don't know. I just, I just employed some of my kung fu zen training and I just, mm-hmm. you know, I held it and yeah, just watched it. that's week. how you
0: get bladder infections, bro. Yeah,
3: no, but I know, but I didn't have to hold anything. I really didn't need the loo for three hours. I've worked in retail. Yeah, you get used to it. Like, you, when I wouldn't say you get used to it, it's just. I've worked in retail. It's just my my, my body has has evolved to only need to go to the loo when I'm not doing anything important, or when I have to do something really 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 important. It wants to go to the loo. You know, that's just how it is. Uh, deadline gonna go to the loo every like three minutes. It's really annoying, uh, but that's what stress does to you anyway. But still, it was an interesting day because I'd actually run into it was I'd actually run into two people I hadn't seen in like forever. The I went out to go and have a cigarette. Oh, that's another thing. I didn't even get to have a cigarette before I watched this movie. So I was on my way out to go and have a smoke, and then I saw my ex from high school, and she saw me, and then she, like, flapped her hand, and I must come and sit with her. So I went to go and sit with her. This is, like, the 20 minutes leading up to, like, the doors opening. So I went and had a chat, and the whole, like... That was a blast from the past. That was crazy.
1: Why do you keep snapping? I'm just joking.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And then... And then so I went to then I finally got out of that and I went to go watch the movie. Then I came out of the movie and uh, Stephen will know she's a bit of a mutual acquaintance is Caitlin, um, my one uh, buddy.
0: Kate, uh, did you and Caitlin have a thing, dude?
3: No, no, oh, never. Right. Oh. Uh, that would have been awesome. Um, admittedly, you heard it here on GI Joe Because oh, uh, I think dude, yeah, she's, she's all kinds
0: of trouble, but
3: uh, she does look fine in a push-up bra. Oh, well, she's my kind of trouble. Wow. Is, um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, saw so I, I ran into her. Um, and she was all happy to see me and stuff. I mean, she was there with her now husband. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was cool. And uh, it was nice to see her. And we chatted and stuff. And then I finally got to get out of there. I went to finally have my post movie cigarette. <laughs> and that was that was how I got to enjoy Endgame. It was it was quite like mellow. And that's it, it's what I wanted. I really just needed. I needed a cool film. It was so satisfying to walk out of that film and be like, thank God, that was so cool. I really enjoyed that. Like, that was awesome. And, um, and to echo what Stephen was saying, like, you know, he marathoned, well, you and Kim marathoned some, uh, some select Marvel films building up to, to Endgame. I, I only watched, um, Doctor Strange for some reason. I was just really in the mood to watch Doctor Strange. And I watched Ant-Man and Wasp um, leading up to that movie. And then I, there's this really awesome guy on YouTube called Comics Explained, uh, Rob from the Comics Explained. And uh, I was listening to his uh, breakdown of the Infinity Gauntlet, you know, the, the whole story re- revolving that. And I thought it would be cool to listen to that now, especially because uh, I've seen Infinity War and I'm about to go and see Endgame. And I know for a fact Marvel is not going to carry on or copy the comic much um, now. So I wanted to just go in there with having that other perspective that, you know, it's wanted a, ref- a refresher course on it, so to speak. And that was also great. It was also cool to watch that because there were certain notes of that in this film that were great for me, you know. And uh yeah, so that was cool. That was very, very cool. And I'm glad that I watched Doctor Strange because, you know, there's, there's a small portion in there that actually refers to Doctor Strange. And I'm sure a lot of people, if they hadn't seen Doctor Strange and they saw this, like, this, like, you know, monk looking type lady, they were like, who the hell is she? <laughs> you know, cause that's, that's kind of like a bit of a whoa. Um, but yeah. Uh, how did you guys feel about characters like Thor? Like, okay. How did you feel about? The characters, like how they they got to where they were, like d- how did you feel about Fat Thor? Okay, we're calling him Fat Thor, but oh uh, Dad 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 Bod Thor, Dad Dad Bod Thor. Let's call him Dad Bod Thor. How did you guys feel about that? How did you feel about Clint's uh, stint as Ronan? Uh, that kind of stuff. Like, what were your feelings there?
0: I found it extremely cheesy that Dad Bod Thor still bothered to wax his chest. <laughs> <laughs> like that looked. Fake as hell, man. It's like this plasticine bod. And I'm sure there are plenty of heavy guys out there who don't have a single hair on their chest, but I would then enter into argument that they wouldn't have quite as lustrous a beard on their face. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can't be conditionally hairy. (laughs) So, yeah, I know it's amusing to me that, like, they didn't go the whole hog and kind of like yeah it's, it's just weird, it was weird, but <laughs> as far as the character trope is concerned, wonderful I mean there was mm. there was a perceptible like 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 a like communal like sigh from all <laughs> the females around me and and I saw it in Australia, okay, Hemsworth is somewhat of a you know he's an expert. Oh boy. god he's, a, he's, he's, he's 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 Mr you know do no wrong, same thing with uh, Hugh Jackman. Um, and so to see him in that light, it's very amusing, very subversive, but, yeah, I think, man, it might have been Kim, or it might have been someone else in attendance. They were just like, oh, Chris, oh no, Chris, (laughs) (laughs) that kind of sense, like, oh no, how did you, how did you say yes to that? But, uh, what a guy, what a joker. I... He's become more and more charismatic, I think. Well, we've seen we're seeing more and more of his character now that he's yeah. no longer just saddled with, you know, doe-eyed, hunky boy.
3: Yeah, I I, I got to say I thought it was really cool that they took a risk uh, and and did that because, like you know, there are a lot of comic book fans who are not buff. You know what I mean? They're not they're not guys. They're not exercise guys. They're not buff guys. And uh, you know, just as much as like. You know, people go uh, like just as much as body positivity is perceived as as a female problem, um, it's also very much a male problem. And I'm sure there's a lot of guys that like take girls out, you know, like to go watch an Avengers film and see old Thor and feel, oh, if only I had six a six pack and, and them pics you know. Well, okay. And uh, you know, and it was just I thought I thought it was quite brave for them to to sort of take away that external side of him and sort of make him an actual character. He's not just he's not just like funny and good-looking. He's actually tortured and good-looking, <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you know, and funny. Like, I just thought that was really interesting. Like, I, I thought that I was kind of brave of them. And the only time I've seen them do that in the comic was with Ultimate Avengers, or the Ultimates, should I say, because mm. when they recruit Thor... He's like a bar-hopping stoner that has completely turned his back on his responsibilities as a god. Yeah, so.
0: He's got like a cult in Norway. Well, that was a great nod then.
3: game, yeah.
0: sort of cherry-picked a really winning concept when it comes to Thor. You know, he is somewhat of a... like, a hippie. It's yeah. cool, man. Isn't it amusing that... I mean, firstly, of course, Thor is so strong and powerful, like... That extra heft doesn't really slow him down at all. Mm-hmm. But when he snaps on the lightning and um, and sort of gets into his battle battle dress instead of his hoodie, uh, did you notice he had a, a unique additional power? That mm. the, the lightning sort of puts a braid in his beard. <laughs> <laughs> like, all of a sudden his hair's tied up and he's got this nice, neat sort of warrior's braid. It's, yeah, yeah. That that lightning is all powerful, man. It can
3: it's, do anything. It's amazing. And and Rob, I'm I'm curious to hear some of your thoughts, like.
4: Um yeah, I thought it was interesting the direction that that took Thorin. Um, I mean, especially the, it it felt like a nice marriage of. I mean, this film in general went in, you know, went crazy places with the characters it's so much more serious than like any of the other ones before i think and yet you know still has that kind of the balance of the humor that 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 they've kind of written in um and i think what they did was is really cool um you know he, he we discovered this funny version of him in ragnarok and they kind of carried over you know a little bit into infinity war but there's also that huge struggle of you know the ramifications of um of Ragnarok for him in, in Infinity War. And now, like, the like you know, w- w- what does he do after he fails to kill Thanos before he can achieve his goals? And um, how that affects all these characters differently. And, yeah, Thor... Mm-hmm. He has one of the most satisfying story arcs, I think, in this movie. You know, he kind of gets to, like...
0: Hey, he doesn't get old or die. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, he gets to reconcile with his mother. And I, and I, I think that was... That was a nice beat. Um, yes, Dark World is probably one of the more forgettable films in the mm-hmm. in the franchise, but I think now in retrospect, it's very smart marketing. It's also smart storytelling. It makes that movie more interesting.
3: Makes it more relevant, kind of, definitely.
4: Yeah, more relevant, and and you can go back and watch it knowing where Thor goes to, and you know like how, what the impact of him losing his mother will do to him. Um, yeah. And that, that's really cool that they, and that they tied in so much into this movie. Um, and yeah, I think as Stephen was saying earlier, you do get to see everybody, like literally everyone. Um, and one of the other cool things about it was that you got to finally see Jarvis, who was seen mm. in the TV series, but you actually got to see him in the movie. And right at the end as well, you get to see the kid from Iron Man 3. He's one of you know he's 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 at the end there at the funeral, and I thought yeah. those are really nice touch. They kind of they really delved deeply into ten years worth of movies and they reconnected everything, or at least as much as they felt was necessary to kind Thanks of. Thanks for that, know,
0: Rob. I was reconnect. wondering who that kid was. Kim and I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Alistair was also scratching his head. We didn't rewatch <laughs> Iron Man three, so he bravo, bravo. People. And he also that kid's put on some years. Yeah, indeed. a dude. gawky
4: teenager now. Well, five, yeah. five, you know, I mean, probably at least five years. That's probably why they made it five years later, <laughs> not five months. So that, you know, like you have appropriately grown up.
3: <laughs> One of the characters that changed quite a bit in this was Professor Hulk. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I, I remember reading some criticism about, you know, like a lot of guys are like, oh no, you know, they don't dig this and they don't like that. And, oh, uh, you know, they think it's stupid. He should have just like done this. And I'm like sitting there going, the whole purpose of Professor Hulk is like self-acceptance. It's like, he's finally accepted who he is. You know, if he wants to be a big, smart green guy and that's where he feels comfortable, that's awesome. That's actually, that's like a big thing. Like a lot of us struggle to do that as people. And I thought that was a really good uh, sort of thing to put in that film as well, because like, it also gives the Hulk more relevance. It makes you look back. In fact, they did it in the film. Uh, Mm. he even like sort of like face palms when he sees himself, he's like, (laughs) Oh, smash, you know? And I love that because there's a lot of people out there. Um, and in fact, maybe some of us even who pretend to be the way that we need to be in order to survive in the world, but for us to actually be who we really are. And this is not some kind of like, uh, slanted, like transgenderism or anything like that. That's not what I'm getting at. I'm just getting at purely at. No, I know, but I'm getting a a, a, let's take it from a geek point of view. A lot of us grew up as geeks. We still are geeks today. But, you know, until Marvel's film started doing well, it wasn't cool to be us. You know, people, you know, the the cool kids in your school might think your comics were cool. But if they anybody ever saw them um, looking at them, they'd be ripping you off about them or throwing them around or something stupid. And so a lot of us have had to adapt. To be kind of like, okay, I'm a geek. I did geeky stuff. But uh, the people around me want to talk about rugby and sports and shit like that. Um, you know, and these are like my work colleagues or whatever. So it was cool to see Hulk not having to be who he has to be at work. He could actually be who he wants to, wants to be, who he feels he really is. And so that was quite a smart move from the directing. Maybe I'm reading into it too much, but I, I don't think so. It, it feels like It feels pretty deliberate. But uh, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. If you think maybe I'm crazy, but uh, that was just something I observed. Well, it's a
4: direction they haven't had well. a chance to take the Hulk in before, you know. Um, and 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 it is it is a precedent in the comic books as well. You know, that kind of marriage of the of Banner and the Hulk together as one. You know, mm. kind of he has had these periods of kind of acceptance and being able to be the best of both. Together as one, and yeah, I I think that is that is a fantastic message for everyone. You know, like accept who you are. You know, what you consider to be your bad, um, can be your good. You know, Um, no matter who you are, no matter what you think about yourself. I mean, just accept who you are and and go forward like that. Go forward with that knowledge, and yeah, you, you can live a much better life. Um, and he definitely did. You know, he kind of he he merged everything about himself and he became much stronger you know i mean you know just not physically i mean but i mean yeah he holistically he, he Yeah, holistically he became stronger and that made him a better person
1: obviously ruffalo is a contradiction because he feels very non-threatening so no i i like that evolution i i do like ruffalo um i probably won't talk too much characters until we get to thanos what are you mm. thinking steven
0: i think we gotta get to thanos bro Fun, fun <laughs> so uh yeah. run with that baton brother
1: well i don't know like this the age of information i'm just gonna leave it right there cujo the conspiracy theorist what am i afraid of am i afraid of the new world order nope happened in 1945 i'm over it am i afraid of chemtrails nope those are particulate clouds and we need them for society am i worried about nuclear war nope it's a it's a movie Hmm. Am I afraid of Thanos? Yeah. Let's just start with the actor Brolin. Do you guys have anything upfront to say about that portrayal? Oh, thrashing dude, thrashing.
4: I think he did an an incredible job. Um, you know, he kind of brings it in both movies, and it's just incredible how they've also written him, you know, to be so interesting and so I don't know. He's just so multifaceted, and I enjoy Brolin's acting in general, actually.
3: Yeah, I was going to uh, – something to add there as well is I can only think of three villains that I've seen little kids want to dress up as. Um, the first one is the Joker. The second one, believe it or not, is Loki. Um, mm-hmm. I see a lot of kids um, in convention photos and stuff like that dressed up as Loki. And I see a lot of kids – I mean, I, I teach kids at Kung Fu. see a lot of them like – they really like – a lot of them like Loki. And I see a lot of kids wanting to be Thanos – Like, I see a lot of kids wanting to own the gauntlet. I see the gauntlet as, like, it's a big thing that, like, a lot of people want. So, when you have a villain that has, like, mass market appeal, uh, that means that somebody's driving that, you know, that vehicle really, really well. And Josh Brolin nailed it, dude. That guy's insanely good. The only film I can think of that I've seen him in before this was Men in Black 3. And I loved him in that. So...
0: I thought the skate fan and you would have seen him in Thrashing. Clearly not.
3: <laughs> oh, jeez! Oh, wow! Yeah, he's in that. Oh my word! Thank you. <laughs>
0: he's the lead. <laughs> he is Thrash. Yeah,
1: I totally forgot about that.
3: Dude.
0: Well, wow.
1: since we're since we're in proximity to the uh, Infinity Gauntlet, that's that was Bobby Vala created that toy. Cheers, brother. Nice. You no, know, I. Like, when you're kind of, like, learning about the world, stuff like that, and learning about art, and and just that whole – I mean, everybody's on the journey. We're all on it. Just deal with it. Like, you start to see similarities within culture, and, and I think that's where I'll start building Thanos. But mm. w- whatever I say from here on out, this is, like, years of research, really, and I'm, I'm going to probably throw it in about 15 minutes – I'll probably leave it casual and I think Joburg is best at questions not answers. So I'll leave it there, but it is, it's, it's always serious. I mean, we're talking about the biggest piece of entertainment our world's ever seen over what, 10 years or is it more than 10 years?
4: Just over Well, they celebrated 10 years. Yeah. So it's probably just about 11 years. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, We've seen Thanos. We all know Thanos. Uh, we've heard about him. Doesn't matter where you are in the world, you've heard about him. Or, yeah, let's call him a him. I'll gender him. Um, but I think... Uh, how do I want to start this, chat? You got three franchises wrapping up. Y- you were going to say something about Game of Thrones, Paul. Were you Were you going to go anywhere with that?
3: One thing Game of Thrones does that I've seen echoed... I mean, this is kind of Modern storytelling at the moment, uh, I mean, it's always been in storytelling. It's just, it's in the sort of pop culture. It's it's in our view. We we are experiencing this kind of uh, storytelling now on TV shows and in films and things like that, when as previously we were enjoying it through the forms of books, uh, sort of underrated movies and um, comic books, for example. But we're seeing characters that are villains, okay, that we like, And it's difficult for us to sometimes reconcile that they're still villains. So it's like, as much as we like that character, it's difficult for us to accept that this character is doing a bad thing. A lot of people can't deal with that, (laughs) Uh, it seems. It's weird. It's like it's like they actually forget that that that's a villain. But at the end of the day, uh, charisma, you know, a lot of villains have a lot of powerful charisma, so they're very good at winning people over. And if you look at, like, a character, and I'm going to drop it now, like if you look at Daenerys and everybody's like carrying on about Daenerys, for example, and they were so shocked that she did what she did. And it's like, well, she was always going to do that because she's an extremist. Yeah. You know, she's, she's an extremist personality. She was always going to do that. She did not have the actual psychological tools to counter herself. There's nothing. There, she had no mentor or no guide that was stronger than her that could lead her down a different path or that could show her a different path. And Tyrion, for example, is a character that tried to do that. And he even admits that he was arrogant enough to think that he could have done that and that he had failed. And the thing is, but yet, you know, she does what she does and everybody loves Daenerys. people have named their children after her and all that stuff. And then she goes and does what she does. She goes and commits genocide. Okay. Essentially speaking
1: of getting burned. Yeah. Right.
3: And, and um, Thanos is the same. Thanos is like you know, he's throughout the Marvel films, okay, the only difference is in the Marvel films, we've always had this this like sort of foreboding quality to Thanos is like he's the bad guy.
1: Let me, let me step to the Game of Thrones noise and I'm gonna throw one more disclaimer now. Um if you've not seen Endgame, obviously, if you if you're interested in seeing Game of Thrones but you've not caught it yet, just leave this alone. One more if you don't wanna get shook to the core, shut this shit off. I don't blame you. Basically, you got Game of Thrones wrapping up. Winter is coming. Winter is here, right? Uh, climate change, climate shift, however you want to frame it, it's here. Marvel Cinematic Endgame wrapping up. Uh, Star Wars, obviously. Rise of the Skywalkers. That drops December 20th. That's pretty close to winter solstice. I'm going to leave that there. I think I'm going to introduce Thanos. And he's actually been in G.I. Joe. And we'll get there. I, I can mention the Bible and it doesn't mess with me. If it triggers you, so be it. It's one of the best history books. But just, if you're talking religion, Thanos is in the Christian Bible. It's in the Torah. It's the Quran. It's in Hindu text. It's Vishnu. It's Quizicodal if you're talking man theology. It's, uh, have you seen Thanos' chin? It has stripes on it, doesn't it? His face has stripes on it. I think the promotion mostly for, uh, what was it? Not Endgame, but the movie before it was all purple, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Infinity War had a lot of purple. The type set, I think, was was purple. Uh, Same with Endgame. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's worth mentioning, the reason, like, the promotion for Endgame, when I saw the Avengers in red and white costumes, Robert, if that's, like, in the comic book, do they wear red and white in Endgame?
4: In, do you mean in the Infinity Gauntlet, the original comic?
1: Indeed, yeah.
4: As far as I know, they don't wear white, white and red, no. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's no, no kind go. of like uniform that they all you know collectively wear. They're essentially no. still in their, their costumes, yeah. kind of fighting against Thanos. Well, That's very much a concept of the movie. I've,
1: yeah. I've, sp- I've spoken on red and white before. I'm not going to go into that. Uh, Star Wars, I think uh, uh, The Last Jedi, I think the promotions were red and white. Um, and I think it's worth mentioning that in Game of Thrones, again, if you haven't seen it, shut us down. But Bran Stark, it's, he's heralded as the keeper of stories, right? That's why they put him on the throne, because everybody needs to remember where they came from kind of stuff. In Avengers, you have people deleting history to write something, right?
0: My understanding was that they weren't deleting history, that they were doing their very damnedest to not alter history in any material way. Mm. Mm.
1: Did that, did that storyline work for you, or did it feel a little meticulous, like they're almost taking it, doing a piss take?
3: Dude, I couldn't think of a better way to do it on film, the way they did it. I think they handled that so well. Yeah,
0: a time heist. I mean, this movie had, uh, it was the sort of the, the aftermath movie, the heist movie, and the epic battle movie all rolled into one.
3: Like uh, they they could have screwed the pooch on that big time, but they really handled it well.
1: Well, they they self-referenced, so they kept themselves from too much wreckage. You mean uh, the fact that they kind of dug
0: themselves out by pointing out that time travel in cinema is always a yeah. hash? So like, yeah, yeah. yeah, don't 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 look too closely at the details, everybody, because no one gets it right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's no, that's smart of them. Yeah. Thanos yeah. has been in a lot of different franchises, guys. Uh, first and foremost, you saw him in Watchmen. Who watches the Watchmen? G.I. Joeberg, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that tentacle purple thing. Oh, I was going to ask you guys. Uh, do you guys have any favorite tentacles in pop culture? Just break it off real quick if you got anything. 20, Just to 20, lighten 20, 20, 20.
4: the mood. Whoa. More right to the Caribbean, dude.
3: Bill Nye. Okay. Shit! <laughs> now I'm all out of tentacles. Uh, oh. Actually, Superman three that was like it just as soon as uh, you asked me that question, I just thought of that section where the computery woman is like slapping. I, I can't even remember the scene properly. I just remember people being covered by like cables and whatever, and that was quite tentacular. <laughs> or you know, a purple tentacle from Dave the tentacle. Why not? He was cool.
1: Oh, nicely done.
3: No sighted tentacle porn.
1: Ooh. Well, the road That's less traveled. Obviously you got? Our, our favorite, but... <laughs>
3: I must be honest, it wasn't my first go-to.
1: <laughs> Nothing against
3: tentacle porn. Just wasn't my first thought.
0: It <laughs> my first thought. But my second thought, as I mentioned, I don't know if you caught it, was uh, 20,000 leagues under the sea. Oof,
3: so good. Thank you. Yeah, I did hear that. Thank gear. you. That was my pick. Uh, I
0: saw it very, very young and haven't watched it since. But the sequences where the Nautilus is submerged and everyone's having to hack these gigantic meaty tentacles with axes, that's an image that I have not shaken to this very day. Maybe I should watch it again. Is that any good? Has anyone watched it since? It's old, man. It's proper old. It's
1: funny you should mention
0: that. Well, have you seen it recently?
1: Well, if, there, if you're if you're rolling with 30 minutes to die, or our next uh, our next podcast is going to be the uh, the voyage of Captain Nemo. And going to talk about his mm. arc over the two movies. Sweet.
0: Mm-hmm. I think after watching the film, my dad dug up the novel and was reading me excerpts, or maybe I had a graphic novel of the film. I don't know. I just remember, man, I must have been about four or five maybe, and this this story being very vividly. Related to me in, in various forms. Mm. Haven't revisited. I really should.
1: Mm. Thank good you time. for that, Cooch. You can catch uh, Kirk Douglas doing uh, a whale of a tail. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Now, that I
0: have seen not too long ago. I think, yeah. <laughs> Someone worked it into their YouTube video, and I was like, what the hell
1: is this? Dude, this is bizarre. Uh, he's got an animal companion, that seal... Well, he loves animals. He's an activist, isn't he? Let's jump to G.I. Joe for a second. It's funny. I just talked to Greg Berger this weekend. Uh, I'm still buzzing from that, but m- the first question I had to ask him was, do you know what's in Destro's basement? And I'm going to reference, uh, the episode Skeletons in the Closet. Do you guys remember that one? Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll get to the writer of that episode in a second. Uh, Firefly did not know what was in Destro's basement, by the way.
0: Um, Yeah, but he had uh, the best line of any Cobra ever.
1: Say it, dude. Say it. (laughs) Die, fireman! (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Um, But uh, one, one thing, I have to jump back in time for a second in the spirit of Endgame. I have not chatted too much about when me and Hama sat down and talked at WonderCon. Um, I think I've, I've mentioned that, uh, you're talking about like 30 years of questions. And I, I got to share, uh, the company with, of, of, uh, Mr. Hama for about two hours one weekend. And it did, it was not a smooth conversation. Um, I, I, I was maybe out of my element, uh, but. I was kind of feeling myself that week and I was asking people, you know, what makes Cobra commander the most dangerous villain in the world? You know, kind of a litmus question to say, what do you fear most? Um, When I asked Hama that question, he said, Cobra commander is not the most dangerous villain. And I was like, what? I was like, who is? And he goes, Destro. And I go, why? And he goes, I don't want to answer that. So getting back to Destro's castle um, I, we should talk to Destro in the near future. I'm actually probably going to cross paths with the voice actor, uh, Arthur <clears throat> Burkhart, at the uh, Pasadena Joe show, which you should obviously get to. But uh, Wait, wait, wait.
0: Kooch, C- jumping yeah. back, dude, you, mm-hmm. you need to satisfy my curiosity. Um, I know you're not a mind reader, but what was your read on the man when he brushed that question aside? Was it a case of like, fanboy, stop digging, this is just works of fiction, like this isn't the map to Mm -hmm. the world, or did you feel like he did have an answer, but he wasn't prepared to give it at that stage?
1: No, he has an answer. He has an answer. Uh, Really?
0: I mean, you said that it wasn't the most free-flowing of conversations, and Larry can be kind of prickly at times you he can definitely be. can be your your feeling is that he did have a fuller answer he wasn't just being dismissive
1: mm-hmm. well before i misframe it i i i think i'll see larry in uh in uh, augusta georgia and uh uh joe fest and i i, I consider him one of the my greatest teachers. Uh, he has my utmost respect and that, that weekend was a gift. I think, yes, he thought I was coming fanboy angle. Obviously he hadn't kind of gotten to know me, uh, a little bit by the end of the conversation. He had a good sense of who I was, but back to the, the, the character that ends our world. If you remember that episode, uh, there's that one eyed tentacle creature, uh, in Destro's basement. um, I think, uh, I think it's probably time to bring in the writer, Flint Dilly. Does that name ring any bells for you, gentlemen?
4: No. <laughs> Not for I me. I remember him writing in the, end of the other episodes
1: offhand. Mm. Well, he rolls pretty heavy, but I'll start here that they named the character in G.I. Joe after him, as, as it's told by him as a way to lure him to the brand. I think it's kind of interesting it's also worth mentioning that he rolls uh, with Frank Miller and in 300, the character of Dilios, the only Spartan to escape was named after Flint Dilly. Um, back in the day, he, uh, I think he wrote transformers. He may have wrote the transformers movie as well as, uh, many GI Joe shows. Um, but, uh, yeah, he wrote that episode, and uh, I think at the end of it, Destro goes, you better pray you never see that thing in my basement. That episode takes place on winter solstice. I'm not, I'm not going to get into the model, but I think there's relevance to that. Um, I think Thanos can really only attack at that time. And if you want to look at his handiwork, uh, just look up, I think, New York City, Late December, when they said that Transformer went off. Yeah, right. I think uh, I'll wrap up with just wh- why do I think that that episode of G.I. Joe is important? Flint Dilly is now, well, I'll let his, his Twitter bio tell you.
0: Isn't it He's... Lady Jane and Negligee? <laughs> I mean, Ooh. That that does it for me every time. That Pink Nighty. Mm-hmm.
1: You know what? That's not a bad call. That's not a bad call. Those 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 episodes were fearless, dude. Th- totally. This is Flint Dilley's, uh bio. First
0: time I ever wanted to be with a smoker. I mean, like Lady J looks. She sounds like she ha- like goes through about two packs a day, brother. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Can you blame her? Well, it's rough being it's a beautiful an electric electric woman voice, in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. All right,
1: let's let's re- let's respect Flint Dilly. We got royalty in the house. Um. This is his Twitter bio world builder, uh, narrative alchemist, and sometimes just a writer and a game designer. He actually, uh, after G.I. Joe, he's gone on to take, take control or not, or or he's uh, in charge of the biggest AR project in our world. Uh, He he designed Pokemon Go. Um, He's now doing the new Harry Potter game. So I think he lives up to his title. I think he's a real player. I think uh, Thanos is real. And I think uh, I think the Avengers are the storytellers, you know? That they, they carry on the story of humanity afterwards. I got more, but I'm going to end there.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't mind having a word with the real Thanos and tell him, like, his mind's been poisoned by being a, a warlord for too long. Yeah. I mean, did it ever occur to him when he was in possession of the stones that instead of snapping away 50% of all life in the universe... He could have just snapped into existence, double the resources in the universe. Wow, mm-hmm. on that Forever.
4: one. He didn't no. think about that. Exactly. Mm. But I mean, it, it it is fascinating. I mean, like the the way that they portray Thanos is very much the way he is in the comic books as well. Yeah. He's very much like okay, you, he figures out okay that he he achieves what he always wanted, but he didn't achieve it the way that he wanted to. So. What did he do? He just he he jumps forward into the future, and he he says, "Okay, cool. I did what I needed to do, but I didn't do it exactly right. Mm. You mm. know, I need to I, I I need to make everything you know the way I want it to be. Half kill everyone, but make sure that all the survivors don't remember that that's what happened.
2: Mm.
4: It's just well, his that's... determination that his point of view is correct is just. Uh, his, his force of will, there is no one stronger than him, at least in I that he's, what he thinks about
3: Like So Rob, what would you say Thanos represents, like in your mind if you had to break him down into his core essence, what does he represent for you, or at least in your opinion
4: I suppose inflexibility or
3: um, stubbornness, yeah?
4: Yeah, stubbornness yeah, like an, like an inability oh. to be creative, I suppose, in a way Kind of like not able to change the way you think about things, um, and see things a different
3: way. And yeah, okay, that's cool. Like, so, okay, so he's stubborn. He's, uh, uh, sort of obstinate to a degree. I share that sentiment, by the way. I would like to also add fanatic. He's, he's a fanatic and obsessive. is another Mm. thing I'd like to add. Um, I'd also like to add slavish. Slavish? Yes. Slavish, yes. He's a, he's obsessive, so he's a slave to that to that obsession and and to getting it right. He's almost a little bit obsessive compulsive in a weird way. Steve, uh, if you had to boil Thanos down into like a word or two, <laughs> uh,
0: well, when I saw Infinity War, it was in Romania, and the guys I saw it with are all total nerds. Um, I, I'm currently working with them actually, and. The Romanian subtitle, you know, Thanos has the line um, when he's asked what did it cost you? And he says everything. And the line in Romanian for everything is total. Wow. (laughs) So I'm going to say Thanos is total.
3: Total. So like, if you take these characteristics, just take some of these words that we've come up with, some of these like adjectives, uh, these are not necessarily healthy character traits to have as a a human being. I'm not saying that being obsessive is unhealthy or totally unhealthy, but I'm just saying these are all sort of borderline traits. These are things that if you have these, you're going to struggle being in society. You're going to struggle working together with people or people are going to struggle to work with you. And you would find that in a lot of ways, these are kind of the opposite to the Avengers because the Avengers also have some of these problems. But they are working around it. They're facing these problems and they they they're dealing with these problems. You know, they they faced with an insurmountable odds in the form of Thanos and this Infinity Gauntlets, and they're going through all their own fears and and stuff, as witnessed with you know Clint and Thor and everything. And the thing is, like, like, and I appreciate what Curtis had to say because I understand that you want to go through the whole thing, but just from a uh, like purely like character level, Thanos is just meant to represent our darker sides of our personality being given that power to do something. And the thing is, your darker side of you is more nihilistic. It is the side of you that's going to go, oh, you know what? I'm not going to reason with this person. They, they, you know, Their dog just keeps going on and on and on next door. My neighbors, they're just really, really irritating. I'm not going to uh, reason with them. I'm just going to always call the cops. I'm just going to always do something extreme to always deal with the problem, as opposed to doing the difficult human growth thing. And that's the thing with Thanos. He's also like Daenerys. Nobody is bigger and more powerful than him to guide him, to show him another direction. And everybody else that is trying to defeat him and speak to him are perceived by him as ants or or tools for him to do what he needs to do. And that is why at the very end, he actually realizes how important Nebula was and how important can't believe I've just forgot uh, Gamora. are, you know, because only then does he realize, oh, actually, you know, and then he picks. So, like that's how I that's how I see uh, Thanos. That's that's the point I'm trying to make. Is is a representation of of difficult stuff that's not dealt with.
1: Well, some some things that can't we can't really wrap our mind around because we haven't been taught or we just don't want to do it. But like, I think we do DFI a lot of things that we can't figure out. I, oh, I think definitely. Thanos, you know, is the personification of eventuality. It's, it's, it's a, it's something that you can't focus on, but you know, is there, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. Not very much so. And, with the the rumor mill being what it is now, it looks like Galactus is possibly around the corner, although I don't know if that has been confirmed or how confirmed that is right now. And that's a whole different can of worms, and I'm very excited to see what yeah. happens with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: it, you know what's kind it of interesting getting about Chris, Chris Evans
3: back into a movie.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Guys, wasn't that such a cool moment? Like him finally getting his... um The woman he loves, like... Maybe I'm a bit of a romantic, but like that was a big one for me.
4: Yeah, it it was definitely a of I think he definitely deserved it, but it also kind of, if you think about it too much, it, bro- it kind of breaks the own time travel rules that they set up.
3: What did it cost you, Stephen? Everything. Everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite memes to emerge in the wake of Endgame was when uh, Cap is returning the stones. And he gets back to Vormir and encounters the Red Skull. Mm-hmm. Stephen Rogers, son of a bitch, you're still alive? It's
3: <laughs> 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 so stupid, but yeah. It's <laughs> so funny. No. Oh, it's great. I, you know, Steve, you mentioned Black Widow's sacrifice. I I think it's quite well known on this show that I'm not the biggest fan of the Black Widow. Uh, oh,
0: man. One of the guys who I saw Infinity War with in Romania, he's like, he just keeps scratching his head about Black Widow. It's like, you've got all these heavy hitters and then Black Widow
3: running around hitting people with their sticks.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, here come my sticks!
3: <laughs> yeah, because her greatest power is not that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, it's between her legs, bro. Oh, I didn't say that. No, I, I, I didn't feel, I didn't feel you that didn't let feel down that. when she died. I was like, okay, so she's dead. I guess this means she's not getting a spin-off, which I'm happy about, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not
0: have so much the death of. The Black Widow's character, because, you know, she, she had kind of fulfilled her purpose. She hadn't anything left to live for other than the mission. Mm. But it, the, 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 the grip of that scene comes from Clint's reaction. Yeah. You know, the, the interplay there was, you know, you can imagine that a lot of time has passed. They're mm. sitting up there on that cliff face. They, they're coming to the realization of what has to be done, and uh, we we cut into the moment where it all goes down, and like it is just perfection that it was the two of them, you know, and and as I say, like it's some phenomenal work from Mr. Renner at that point to really sell the grief of his friend, mm. you know. We've come a long way since Budapest. Mm. <laughs> no, no, that no. was. Yeah, I, 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 I disagree with you man that that did have enormous emotional weight
3: no because, no no I'm not say, saying the loss of
0: Black Widow it's the impact everyone it has no, no, no.
3: I'm not saying it didn't have emotional weight I'm saying I did not feel the emotional weight of her death so,
0: bro I yeah. wept like a baby and so did Alistair but he called it like he, he turned to me at that point and he's like can I tell you what my prediction is she's going to sacrifice herself because he has a family and I'm like yeah well watch on my brother i didn't want to acknowledge either way but yeah you know he, he called it and i think most audiences would have had that gut response
4: like yeah if you think yeah. about it yes mm. but like in the moment it's just incredible like it just flip-flops over and over and over again it's like mm. it's him no it's her no it's him it's her it's him and then you're like oh shit it is him oh, but wasn't oh it like- fuck it's her and there's like, what? oh no, it's her. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but nice. one thing, like, the thing that they did with that scene that I, I that I thought was really powerful, and, and the thing that did get me was, uh, Hawkeye has often been the most ridiculed member of the Avengers as far as the movies go, and what a, this was a very cool way to give him redemption without him having to die, because his willingness to die for the cause and his willingness to die for the bigger picture, despite the fact that he has so much to live for is what gives the scenes like some serious. Yeah. That's
4: what makes a real hero. You're willing to make the ultimate sacrifice, you know,
3: totally, you
4: know, the stakes and you know that, yeah, you're trying to do the best you can possible. And he was willing to do that. Yeah. I think definitely the film is exceptionally emotional. I mean, everything in the movie just kind of just pulls on you, especially I think, You know, long-term fans, people have watched all of the movies. Mm. Um, It it feels like a proper ending, Um, and I think, as Stephen said earlier, it's not. I don't think it's possible that they can ever reproduce this, even with a you know a second phase, you know, building up Mm. to another villain. I really don't think you can do it again. Um, We've seen so many other film studios attempt to build a cinematic universe. You know, from, from Universal Pictures. I mean, they've tried it a couple of times. Um,
3: with the dark Sony, universe, yeah.
4: yeah. With their dark universe. Sony, even trying with the with Marvel character, Spider-Man, to build some sort of Spider-Man universe. Didn't work out. No. Even DC cannot get it right. DC all, cannot get it right. They <laughs>
3: cannot get it right. <laughs> get it right or Hasbro. Oh or my Hasbro, God. even.
4: <laughs> I mean, they haven't even tried it yet. You know, I mean, appa- apparently that's what they're trying. But, I mean, they haven't gotten the opportunity to attempt it yet. But what I'm... I'm saying is that you can you cannot reproduce this. It 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 happened at the right time. It's built up in a, in a way that it was being maybe not necessarily always organic, but I mean, you know, they're throwing characters in there which you never would have expected to be like a featured character, Ant Man, The Guardians of the Galaxy, but mm. somehow with the cor- correct creative teams and the creative teams that are willing to work within the bounds and you know the kind of what they've set up and the producers want from their movies. Um, They've created something that, yeah, you literally cannot repeat it. Um, and the best thing that I like... It's that, like that liked, rat. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. it's just pure chance. You know, this one version of the universe, there's a version, you know, all those possibilities that Dr. Strange saw, there was this one possibility where that rat happens to come across there and Ant-Man returns and he helps people to kind of reignite their hope for mm. saving everybody and um you know that chance that chaos um you know it's not just order that kind of wins the day it is chaos itself as well
3: there you go yeah. the quantum
4: realm i mean they they kind of they do kind of come up with a certain order out of the chaos but i mean it's definitely very fundamental universal basic you know the the elements that they're working with to kind of achieve victory over I suppose death itself in a way, which is also kind of what Thanos represents.
3: Yeah. Um <laughs> Death Sea's biggest crush. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, of
1: all the uh of all the characters that interact, I could still go for some more Ant Man and his uh his buddy driving the van around. Yeah. They're kinda they're kinda <laughs> keeping vans alive.
4: It's yeah, a good definitely. set piece. Vans, vans are the best thing in, in on you know like there's just so much that can happen in a van, good and bad. Mm. Um, <laughs> but Happen there's on a van too. And on yeah. a van, I mean, vans have so much potential for storytelling. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. Um, but yeah, in general, I just felt like everything just worked out so well, and I'm so happy that they gave it over to the original cast, you know, for this entire movie. Mm. Yes, you, know, you eventually get the everyone back in at the end of the film, but like it was a good hurrah and a good send off, a good end game for the original characters and the actors. Mm. Because I mean, except for things, Vision, except for Vision, <laughs> yes, <laughs> unfortunately, but he came in late to the game anyway. But what I really enjoyed as well, it's also kind of made it feel like a proper ending, um, was the very much the. Um, uh, uh what is it? Damn it! Now I've forgotten. Star Trek six. Um, they kind of ended with the yeah, Discovery Country. Yeah, Discovery Country. Star Trek six. Mm. Yes. <laughs> you know, they ended that. That that was the last film. It was supposed to be with the original cast. So you know, it ends with with Kirk kind of pointed off. You know, where are we going now, Kirk? The, what's our course? You know, he's like, you know, um, second star to the right, straight on to morning. And then it kind of goes into you know the warp off, and then there's this very long sequence of the signatures coming up on the screen, and they mm. did that at the end of Endgame, you know, like that whole signature. Yeah. Do, 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 however the music goes, but um, yeah, it felt like a proper ending.
0: It's oh, like, come on, Rob, can you remember? <laughs> it's that huge, like you know,
4: <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, so yeah. it is. Uh... Oh jeez, but it's just, just like what? Oh, it's a movie. That's that's back in the
0: future. Oh
3: my okay, time is like, I'm out, I've got this in one and jets taking <laughs> off the other. I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs>
4: But it's just yeah. Overall, it's a, it's a very satisfying movie, and um, they, they they did so much. But I think what some people might complain about, and I think maybe Kudra was kind of touching on this earlier, the movie does in a way suffer from Return of the Jedi, Return of the King Lord of the Rings syndrome, where there are so many endings. You know, I think Kudra was touching on that earlier at, at one point, where like the film keeps ending, and you're like, okay, it could end here, and then it ends yeah. again and then end again.
3: I can go pee now, or oh, I can't.
0: I think I was good for like another five endings after <laughs> the point that they actually ended at. Like, they could have kept playing out that epilogue for me. I couldn't get enough.
3: I, I think to be very honest with Return of the King, I think unless you're a Lord of the Rings diehard, that didn't bug you. So like, Stephen actually nailed it now. He could have gone through another five endings of this movie. Uh, I could have as well. But Return of the King, I was like, really got a pee, okay, okay, Yes, get on your fucking boat. Okay. Uh no, okay, con now. <laughs> just hurry up Credits saying oh no, okay, carry on with the credits. Good, is it safe? <laughs> I can go pee now. <laughs> Cause I don't like Lord of the Rings that much. I don't think I don't think it's bad. I just don't like
1: it. <laughs>
4: okay, okay. Maybe there was just you know, a sentiment that I, I kind of felt, you know, somewhere.
0: <laughs> Jeez, dude. What were you rushing off to do? If it wasn't pissed. I
4: wasn't rushing off to do anything, dude. I stayed through the whole credits all the way to the, um, you know, to the, the, the anvil ding. sound at the end, yeah. Ting ting. The hammer yeah. drops. The hammer drops. Yeah. So, no, so this, I was happy. <clears throat> no, that I, I was very happy. And there's so much fan service. I mean, what, what what for you is the biggest, like, I don't know, like big, like, wow moment or, like, emotional, like, high of the film? If, if you can kind of, like, boil it down to one moment where you're, like, Hell yeah! That 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 just made me so happy.
0: I'm happy for you, Cap. But I'm kind of bummed that I have to live in a world without Captain America. Uh that's, that's a great. <laughs> do you want to tell us? Do you want to tell me about her? Nope. 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 <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, handing over the shield. Uh, Sam saying. I don't know if I'm worthy and oh no what did he say fuck I don't oh yeah so there are limits to my my recollection unfortunately yeah, yeah I think I'll just he, leave it with those quotes
4: yeah he doesn't accept it but he kind of and then Cap is you know you're, you're the Captain America now you're yeah he's,
0: I think I think I think uh, Sam's like I'm not the right man for this and Cap's like
4: no you are oh it's, it's wonderful <laughs> Paul what, what was a hell yeah moment for you
3: it's going to sound like really stupid, but I really love the fact that he got to, when he saw Peggy. And yeah. uh, like, that was a big Jesus, thing for no me. no one going
0: to say when he picked up the hammer. I mean, <laughs> no, when, you, when like, you phrase it like that, Rob, when you say the hell yeah moments,
3: that payoff
0: Holy shit! Well, I haven't gone yet, haven't. Whosoever <laughs> is worthy shall have the power of Thor. Like, bam!
3: I really like the Peggy moment, and it just it sticks in my mind. It's just it's such such a big thing. Like I said, maybe I'm just a bit of a romantic, and that and and I a like bit, Steve Rogers. I bit. like Captain America. You're whipped? <laughs> I'm not whipped. Um, but I love I love a good like you know reconciliation of a star crossed lovers in a lot of ways. I love that. I like that setup and for me, and I like Captain America, I really dig him, I, you know, he's a character that typically, like, I think my younger self wouldn't have enjoyed as much, because I would have thought he was a bit too good, to two shoes, but now I'm like, it's really hard to be Captain America in a world that is very Thanos, you know? Yes. Um,
0: Do you think Captain America's a virgin? <laughs> I mean, no, because he banged uh, Peggy's Peggy? daughter. <laughs> no. Yes. No. <laughs> it's Peggy's uh, niece. Niece, there we go. You're talking about Agent Thirteen.
4: Yes, his, yeah. His his niece. I, his
3: niece.
0: Mm, no, look, I mean there are there are creative ooh, ooh, explanations ooh. around <laughs> yeah. the fact that I think in Agent Carter she eventually marries um, and has offspring. I think someone said that if 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 Cap had gone back to 1970s, lost to return the Pym particles or, or you know whatever he was returning there, probably yeah. the yeah it was the Tesseract. That if he, if he met up with her in that era, maybe she'd already raised the children, uh, s- separated from her partner, mm. and he could have a conscience clear dalliance with his, his great love. No. Interesting. Their ages would have been a little bit closer as well, had he done that. I mean, she would be in her forties, I think. Maybe oh, okay. Old. 50s we
3: shit well here's the thing like if you want like a really awesome hot superhero movie and that i mean not paul being like romantic and all gushy and shit um that moment i, I love it when thor goes i knew it <laughs> you know <laughs>
2: like,
3: <laughs> when uh when the tap has a M- uh, you know yeah i thought it was just cool mm. he's like i knew it you know like because that has happened you know like captain america does you know that you know Thor sort of you know gets them to all try to pick it up, and Captain America goes to pick it up, and they build a the whole thing up, and a lot of us are expecting that Captain America picks it up, and even Thor is a little bit like, uh can he do it An edge. on yeah, edge. You're talking about
0: in age of Ultron
3: yes, and then when he Interesting does think
0: that uh, that Cap instinctively knew how to summon the lightning and everything
4: like. Well, he'd seen he'd seen what's the name, dirt enough. and also I mean, if you're worthy to be Thor, I think it's in yeah, it's it's That's magic, intuitive. It's, um, yeah, I it's think Mjolnir's magic. Yeah, Mjolnir. Well, parts, he's a super but soldier, but man.
0: He's uh, he's well versed in a number of uh, weapons. Exactly. Can add magical weapons to the, to the
3: list. <laughs> but also, everybody who wields, uh, everybody who has wielded Mjolnir, has wielded him, uh, wielded, him wielded him, wielded it. With similar abilities, but every one of them has had their own signature thing to it as well. Like yeah. they've all oh, yeah. added something. throwing
0: the shield, then Strike throwing it. the hammer at the shield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. So. <laughs> but like, but uh, I know on Comics Explained, uh, he uh, is it Comics Explained or is it another YouTube channel? Um, but one of them sort of said, like, Steve Rogers could actually pick up Mjolnir originally. Um, but he kind of knew that if he had, <laughs> it would freak Thor out, so he didn't. Like <laughs> there was that, there's that theory that's sort of going around. That I is I an sort of theory. I definitely go with that because when Vision picks up uh, Mjolnir, uh Vision has no concept of that human of of humanity yet. He doesn't fully understand it, so he's not really worried about anybody's feelings. He's just like, okay, I can pick it up. Oh look, I did it. You know, <laughs> kind of mm. thing. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. You're I attacking
1: our male uh, masculinity, Paul. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> our fragile masculinity.
4: Um, no, Did I you think have I, a hell yeah moment, TJ.
1: I think so. Um, I, I I think it it depends on the writing, who's writing the movie, but I always love the conversation before a fight, you know. And I think mm. uh, going back to Thanos. I love that there's a sense of honor, you know, even though these people are going at each other. It's like Thanos has his helmet off, and hes it's sitting on top of that pike or whatever he has. I love seeing him uh, use it. I, I like watching Thanos fight. It's physical. It's brutal. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's the highlight is watching him work, uh, especially taking on multiple opponents, like spinning that blade or, you know, however he uses it. That's hell, yeah.
4: Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, especially that, that moment before there where he kind of re, where he explains where he's coming from now, you know, as, as this four year old version of himself, he does respect these people because he sees that they did, even though he achieved his plan, they've made it possible for him to see how he can improve his plan. I think he respects that in a way. And he's kind of shown that before where he does respect his enemies. You know, mm. even though he he does he doesn't see them as his equals, he can respect them in ways. He can see certain qualities in them that he goes, yeah, I like you for that. You know. Um, and that yeah, that that is a powerful moment. Probably for me, yes, yes, lifting um the hammer for, for Captain America is absolutely amazing. But probably my, my my highest moment in the movie, which I mean, I was probably, you know expecting the entire movie. But when, you know, they're all defeated, they're all lying in the dirt, and then Captain America gets a message, you know, um, on your left. And then he's like, ah. And then all those portals open, and then you Mm. just get the return of every single character that disappeared. For me, that was just – that was weird. I mean, I cried before, but that entire scene, I was just, like, bawling. Like, I couldn't – I was just like, oh, this Black Panther, he's back. This Spider Man. I mean, it's, it's just insane that like you know they're coming back. I mean, mm. logically you know that because the, the other movies coming out. There's there's Spider Man, you know, Forever Home or whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> Going far away. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Long way home. <laughs> Um you know there's that
0: and you know. Yeah, that, you know like, that particularly if they played the trailer too uh, oh. far away from
4: yeah, before end game as they did in uh, yeah, boneheads. Yeah, that that is actually really stupid, especially for people who who aren't necessarily in the know. You know, Absolutely. or, or like the casual of, fan gosh. is not up
0: on upcoming releases.
4: No, not at it's all. Like, oh well I guess Spider Man lives. Uh. yeah, you said yeah, that's what Alistair uh, yeah, told me this, yeah. Um but yeah, that is unfortunate, but like, you know, logically and kind of financially, you know, that all of the characters that died, maybe not all of them, I mean, okay, Vision immediately, he definitely died, but most of them, they're coming back for other things, or, you know, they are contracted for more than just a single film, but it's mm. still, they built this entire movie up to that moment, and it just, it's so satisfactory. It's satisfying just to, like, hell oh, yeah, they're all back, and they're all fighting, and it's, yes, please.
1: It's beautiful, <laughs> man. It's <That's> just beautiful.
3: <laughs> yes. It so, is then... a cool moment. Like, okay. You <laughs> know, the novel walks up, you know, like, I was like, <laughs> I'd love it. Uh, I'd dig Brie Lawson, dude. I can't help myself. I still haven't watched Captain Marvel. Carry on.
4: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> But she was fun in this movie. I enjoy, enjoyed the role she played and I could understand why they didn't have her earlier because her character, the way that they built her up in the cinematic universe, she's essentially the the MCU's Superman, you know. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't have had her earlier. I mean, mm-hmm. I have watched Captain Marvel and I've seen her develop, but like, you, yeah, you really couldn't. Like, she's literally the answer to every single problem, which Mm. is also where, I mean, if I kind of diverge a little bit back to Justice League, whatever they did to that movie, they rewrote it in such a way that that's what they do. They're like, shit, we don't have Superman. We can't beat these guys. We need to get him back. We have to bring him back to life. Mm. And I really, for myself, I feel like that is not where that movie was going to go. I feel it. At least for myself, originally that movie was gonna be this team defeating, you know, um, Steppenwolf mm. or whoever the villain was gonna be for the movie, coming mm. together and then and then realizing yes, we do need more, but Superman comes back on his own as, as mm. like a big moment in the, the sequel.
3: Yeah, when Dark Side yeah. arrives.
4: Exactly, when Dark Side yeah. arrives. Yes, I mean they, they, they know as they can beat be. Yeah, they they know they can beat their enemies, but it's just yeah, anyway. I still enjoyed her in this movie. I thought she was fun. Um, they used her sparingly, which is good, because you can't use your Superman character too much. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah, you
3: have to be careful with Goku, bro.
4: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he comes at the last moment, the very last moment, and then he struggles, but then he, he eventually overcomes, which is
3: cool. But don't you, don't you love how they explained that, though? They were like, you know, why didn't you come earlier? She's like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's like a whole
4: galaxy.
3: Yeah, there's like a whole galaxy of planets out there, and they don't have the Avengers. <laughs> you
4: know, yeah, kind that, of that, like. you know, she's out there helping other people. It's the same yeah. like with I mean, if you think about the concepts of the Green Lanterns, it, mm. it's actually quite unique, and I suppose in a way selfish, but kind of necessary. That I mean, in in the DC universe, the Green Lantern it's a core. So that and and the universe is split up into like two thousand eight hundred and fourteen sectors. And there's yeah. usually one for every single sector. But for whatever reason Earth has three actually. Yeah. It has Hal Jordan, it has um John Stewart. Yeah. And it has Guy God. I had Guy God. I mean, but at, yeah. there was a time when there were three. Yeah. Um and yeah, they kind of split up their duties, you know, they went off in different like Brian places. Reynolds. And Ryan, and Ryan Reynolds.
0: <laughs> the worst Green Lantern. <laughs> yep. Even though he wants you to forget about it.
4: we will never forget. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. But um, so that was a high moment. I mean, if, if you kind of or maybe I suppose emotionally, I mean, or if you can divorce your subjective feelings towards the movie, do you have a low point? Is there something that kind of niggled at you or something that you wish they had done differently or something that bothers you about the movie?
1: Kujo? Steve?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um to be honest I need to, to, to bide my time because I I need to think of one.
4: Wow. Yeah.
3: That's actually
0: easy Cuj- the top it's, of my head nothing nothing shoots to the top of the list.
3: Kujo, you yeah. got anything sitting yeah. in the chamber,
1: bro? Uh oh, here I come. Not really. I mean you can definitely <laughs> nitpick, but I mean like no I'm I'm just no in, in a in a well told <laughs> story just like you guys. Like sure, sure, we're drunk on the circus, but damn, Marvel Cinematic Universe did it right, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm gonna remember or raise a glass to. Hey. Uh,
3: I I rolled very, very hard at this one scene. Uh, it drove me absolutely crazy when I saw it, not because it isn't cool. It is cool in its own right. I just when all the women band together and they do their big thing. The reason I didn't like that is it just felt very forced. Because up until that point, all the women were kicking ass anyway.
4: <laughs> yeah, you know? together with, with everyone else. Yeah. There was no, you, you felt like there was no need for that to actually
3: be. I just, yeah, I um, felt was a bit of it was the gender. Yeah. Mm. I, sorry, I, I thought it was just a bit of gender laden. Like, um, but what it did do that I thought it's was heavy-handed,
0: cool. Heavy handed, sure. Yeah. But. Think no, about it, it, all the young girls out there no, who totally. have been swept up for the first time in
4: comic books.
3: No, totally. Like it that, has captivated is, them. Say yeah, no, for that, sure. Yeah, but that, exactly that it. doesn't
4: mean that, that doesn't mean that you need to feature them separately from everyone else. It's not like yeah. the men got a chance to be featured separately. You know, like all the boys are like, oh, finally, our our heroes all together.
0: But well, did you notice that up until that point it had been.
4: Entirely the men. Yeah, but that's deliberately so In the relay that's race. Done. Yeah, but yeah. that's done on. You know, that's deliberately it's... done by the movie to build up to that moment, moment.
0: of this yeah, kind to of like that ooh, visual wow. contrast. Yeah. Well, I, I guess it's unique that I saw it with a female, and I got <laughs> to enjoy through her the jubilation of finally seeing the girls, you know, banding together. And, and and doing their part.
3: Because they haven't been doing their part for the last ten years.
0: How often have female fans had to celebrate <laughs> an entirely male cast? So
3: no, like, definitely. No, no, like You know,
0: maybe maybe tokenism, maybe there's one female in the mix, one Gamora. one black widow. Yeah. But like here you have
3: the oh, it's a girl squad. It's
0: amalgamation a amalgamation of Valkyries. all the strong females of all the respective films mm. all doing it. It's it, it was pretty powerful, and in that in that sense, it gets a pass from me. Even though it was a kind of a wink at the camera moment, like yeah, this that's, one for the that's girls. my only
3: problem. I just felt it was just too self aware. Like I just like I love what I think the
0: ends justify the means is what I was trying to say. Yeah, we I get all that. knew what they were doing, but for me, I was like, it's worth it. It's,
3: it's
4: worth still it. A hell yeah moment, yeah. Yeah,
3: I, 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 yeah, I, yeah. I,
4: get, I get where both of you are coming from.
3: Yeah, and yeah. the thing is, like, uh, yeah, like I'm not saying take it out of the film. That's not what I'm saying. And like, because I didn't get a chance to get there, what I wanted to say is what it frames is. It frames uh, the female Avengers. It frames the Falkyries, if you will, you know, which is good. I think that's a very powerful statement. And I think it is very cool to see a bunch of female characters together, um, strong female characters together. I just, I like I said, it was just I just felt it was forced. I just it just made me twinge a little bit because I was like, maybe it's just because I like the female characters in comic books a lot, you know, being somebody who's an avid reader of stuff like birds of prey and the original gen 13, which is a predominantly female cast. If you ask me, Vengeable, you know, I write a lot of, I mean, I write, I read a lot of female character books, like the Batgirl series and stuff like that. So I, I totally appreciate like, the feminine side of the superhero. That's not my issue. It's just, I just felt that, I don't know. I just, I've always felt that there's a certain power that comes from the female characters that I just thought was a bit masculine in this film in that moment anyway, but like the long, long story short, I tweaked a little bit. That was the only moment I just felt was a bit heavy handed. And I do agree with Steve. I actually do agree with you. I'm not counter to you, to what you're saying, uh, because everything you said there, I think it's true and it's necessary and I think it must be awesome if you're a young girl and you're seeing all of these characters pop up in front of you and you're like, oh, cool, you know, there's Valkyrie or, oh, cool, look at, you know, Gamora or whatever, you know, that's a cool feeling, you know, we've had that for a look long time. Look at
0: Okoye yeah. with her spear, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> you throw that spear, chick.
0: Um, but yes, Paul, t- to then um, suck your dick, uh, I mean, uh, back you up. Um. <laughs> It did draw unnecessary attention to itself, which breaks yes. you out of the cinematic spell. So, while I do still say the ends justify the means, mm-hmm. it was a fourth wall break. It was like,
2: mm-hmm. this
0: one's for the girls. There you go. Exactly what we're doing right now. And 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 fourth wall breaks are dangerous.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, if you're not totally swept up in the action, that can break a movie. All it takes is one of those moments to sour the experience to the mm. point where you're like... Uh. Damn it, man! I was in your thrall. I was in the spell, but I, am I'm, I'm now out of it. That was yeah. what uh, uh, Into the Spider Verse was like for me.
3: Ah, right. Yes. Okay. Hmm. 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 No, I, I understand what Stephen's getting at with Into the Spider Verse on that, and maybe that's a conversation to be had in another episode. <laughs> no, we've Definitely. had it. We've yeah. had it. Yeah, we I, have.
4: I... Yeah. Stephen has expressed. Um, for myself, um, probably the only thing – and this, this only really came up – I mean, I think I realized it as it was happening. But it was kind of like the fudging of the time travel rules in getting Captain America to have grown old and actually appear in the exact same universe that he left. Because mm-hmm. the way that they kind of set up their entire time travel thing is that whenever you make a change – You're creating a branching off universe, you know, you create, there's Mm. some, any change you make, you're actually making a completely different universe and you cannot return to, you know, you, you wouldn't actually be able to live out in, in, in that one that you, you know, that you can't, if you, if he went back, Mm. he was creating a whole new universe where he did grow up with her. I mean, there's, there's kind of ways to kind of hand wave hand wave it away and i mean i wouldn't say this nitpicking i think it's just that they wanted to have this cool moment at the end and you know they're just hoping people are so swept up that you don't think about it because i mean yes you could you can elaborately you know explain you know like how you got back but it really does go against the rules that they set themselves just that so they could have that kind of payoff of having the character come back i think you could have not having come back and somehow have um handle off the shield to Sam. I mean, it's more powerful to have him there. But having him there kind of breaks their own rules. And to me, it's not an unforgivable sin. I mean, I feel it's it's necessary in the storytelling that they want to tell. And, and the emotions of it. And I love it. I love that he's there. But that is one problem that I have with the movie. Is that, like, how is he there?
0: Well, he used the, you know, the, the
4: wrist-mounted... He? GPS device how though because if you don't, he used it to come back
0: if you have to nitpick think about it this way tony and steve didn't have to go back into 2019 or no, what is 2024 2023 uh they didn't have to travel back to the avengers complex to then travel back to 1970 they went straight from 2012 to
4: 1970 So how you're saying it is that he lived out his life in an alternate universe, growing old to present-day age. And then he stepped over, he pressed his little button, and then zoop. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly.
0: Examining the technical aspects of that moment kind of diminished the moment.
4: Mm. No, it does, but it's something that I think
0: I thought about afterwards. It's perhaps better if you just assume that he could literally... Just, just go at such and such a date in such and such a place and be sitting on a park bench and make himself known to them at that moment. Like that dramatically is stronger than him. Like having said goodbye to Peggy, you know, nursed her through her Alzheimer's, she passes away, Steve decides, mm, let me put this shield to good use and return it to the previous, you know, uh, dimension. I suppose
4: <laughs> where I originally came the one from.
0: that I the one that I left back
4: then, <laughs> uh, and give it to Sam. You know, maybe that's well. Technically, like, that, that that sounds more true. That sounds more accurate.
0: Well, yes, it is technically accurate. But as I say, dramatically, I I prefer the fact that he just kind of was was waiting. He he knew where to be and when to be.
4: Yeah, I know. Yes, story wise, that makes more sense. But it, it doesn't make sense logically in the way that they've set up their time travel. Yeah, but I've just given you your uh,
0: your out. Yes, I know you have. And I. list I, I... units are, are total MacGuffins. <laughs> you know, that's all you need. Yes, no, it's it's true.
4: But
0: no, you know, I think I get as where as Rob's forward.
3: coming from. Because in oh, this.
4: In, in yeah, the... yeah. No, no, no Stephen does as well. But I mean, you, yeah, as I also said, you don't have to think about it in the moment. But Stephen has exactly. definitely given me a way of thinking about it that. It actually nullifies at least my problem. Just a, yeah, true. <laughs> I mean, listen, the it, movie, it that, doesn't ruin the movie for me. I'm just saying that that was there was a thing where I was like, was "Left, fickle. how yeah. did that happen?" Actually, it's not even a nitpick. It was bigger than nitpick. I was like, I don't know. I was just like, "Why, why?" But Steven's well, fixed I, it. <laughs> I
3: suppose because the film does such a a, um, such a hectic job of trying to firstly explain time travel to to the viewers, then ridicule yeah. its viewers for thinking that time travel works like Back to the Future. Um, so when you get to that point, you kind of don't want to admit to yourself that you don't really know what the fuck happened, because <laughs> the films explain it to you, and you're like... They've told you how it works. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, told now they like, works. this how it like... works.
4: But it was a cool really? moment. Yes, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. so you, you do get where I was coming from, Rich.
0: I get where
3: you're from. But, like, i got to say, kudos to you, Steve. That was... <laughs>
0: I can't take credit for that. I mean, it's... Uh, I've been devouring YouTube. I can't ah. even credit the actual source for that explanation. Cause because there's so much just stuff. i sort of lost in a sea of information
4: that I've been swimming in for but days. that's fantastic, though. The, the, I mean, Sounds the, the, film, the film prompted you to keep thinking about it. I mean, which often doesn't... Happen with, you know, with the big blockbusters. I mean, it's like you, you're in it and you're out of it. But the film itself, by referencing its own history, kind of makes you want to go out there and rewatch those old films. I mean, I think I said earlier, yes, that's very smart because now people who maybe don't own all of those movies are going to go buy them. But it, it wants you to go and watch those other movies again to actually appreciate what you've just seen even more fully. And I think that's, it's just incredible that they, ten, this 10 year journey, Um, they've kind of wrapped it up so well. And, um, while I am curious to see what happens next, um. Are you feeling a bit of burnout? (laughs) I think, yeah, often I've watched reviews and people always keep going like, Oh, is this the film that, you know, that superheroes are going to burn us out on? You know, that we, you know, that we're going to get burned out on this. And I think in a way, yes, I think this is the film that kind of goes you could jump off at this point and not have to worry about anything else after this, because this is the most satisfying ending to like a saga, you know, mm. that I think we will history ever get. History has
0: been made and yeah. unlikely that history will be repeated.
4: No. Yeah, I don't think so. I think the rest of the movies, they can try their best to kind of link everything again, but you will never be able to repeat this. I think this is it. You know, this is the biggest universe thing ever done. Um, no, they can't keep getting it right. I mean, admittedly, they didn't always get it right. I mean, some of these movies are a bit bland, you know, like, as we've said, Dark World. I think even Mm -hmm. something very recent like um, Ant-Man 2 wasn't necessarily the best, Um, but it helped to set up the whole idea of the quantum realm, you know, so Mm -hmm. that all of it still links up. And that's how they kind of justify the existence of every single film, from Iron Man all the way up to now, is that, like, it all had to happen for... You know, for this film to make sense, (laughs) you know, Disney had to know that
1: horn from the van, we had to know it so we could know
4: (laughs) exactly. You know, you would not know what it meant (laughs) if you hadn't watched that movie. Go watch the movie, make Disney more money, (laughs) back it up,
3: just back (laughs) it up. We're fucking up Star
4: Wars so bad.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you like, if you you think. Fucked it up badly. Now, wait until you see The Rise of Skywalker, whatever the hell it's called.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A bridge for another day.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Remains to be seen whether I'm going to cross that bridge.
3: Uh, It's morbid curiosity. I think we're all going to watch it out of morbid curiosity, I must be honest.
0: I don't want my festive season ruined, man. It's tough enough that I'm going
4: to be in China. Oh, shit, you? you're gonna be watching um, it with like the Chinese subtitles on the screen? Oof!
1: I'm looking forward to the conclusion of Blazing Sand myself.
4: <laughs> as am I. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think. I think if anything, Blazing Sand will be as satisfying an end to our uh, this wonderful story that that we've we've come up with that we've, we've filmed that Stephen has written and um, that Paul be. has provided in- <laughs> incredible comedic lines for. It's just, yeah, um, Endgame, so was just,
1: <laughs>
4: Endgame was satisfying. I mean, in, in the end, I may have yeah a little problem with it, but that pales in comparison to how cathartic this movie was. Like, it just yeah. brought the action, it brought the emotions, it brought the characters. Um, well-deserved. Um, it definitely, it, it deserves, Disney, you guys
3: deserve all the money. <laughs> two, two thumbs up, we'll watch again. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Any other parting words for this 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 great film um, before we?
3: I got one, but I'd like uh, to leave it for the very end. So I want to wait for you guys, if you don't mind. Okay, okay. Kujat, what what are your last words?
1: No, I'm I'm spent, brother. I spit some fire as I do. Um,
4: Absolutely, you left us I, lots to think about.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, No, I I I just love you know I love it the podcast journey. I love it. I'm
4: done. <laughs> Stephen. Mm,
0: I'm ready for uh, Paul's final conclusion. What about you, Rob? <laughs>
4: oh, what about me? I think yes. Overall, it it was absolutely fantastic. It, it leaves me wanting to watch these characters again. You know, kind of see where they came from and how it links up to what we have seen in Endgame. It's been an epic journey. I mean. 10, 11 years. I mean, for some people, this has been their entire lives, you know. Like, there's some people who went at the age of, I suppose, 7, 8, 9, watched Iron Man in the cinema, you know. Yeah, like Tom Holland. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. 1920, and they're either in the movie or they're watching the end of this thing. Even for us, you know, slightly older guys, it's, it's, for some of us, it's it's a third, it's a quarter of our, our existence has been these movies, you know. You could never have known when you went and saw Iron Man originally that, like, that's where they were going, you know, with all of this. I mean, not maybe not intentionally, but they were definitely trying in their own way to build, and they definitely did build something memorable, I think.
3: Yeah, totally. I mean, how was that feeling? Uh, Like, I remember walking out of Iron Man and going, there we go. This is how superhero movies are going to be now. I was like, I could feel something had changed. Mm. Uh, it was a big thing. It was a big moment. It was like, um, a, and I think chronologically, I think it came just after Batman Begins, hey, if memory serves. I think so. Uh, yeah. that's good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember like Batman Begins, it was like, oh, they finally got Batman right. I mean, this is <laughs> early 2000s, Paul. They finally got Batman right. Oh, you know, he's not the hero we deserve. He's the hero we need. Not that that line was sprouted yet, but, <laughs> but like, and then like Iron Man was correct. I was like, yes, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Cause we would, we would speculate for, uh, we would always speculate on who should be Iron Man. And a lot of us we were like, yeah, it should totally be Robert Downey Jr. Cause he's got, you know, he's just, he just looks like Tony Stark to us mm. at that time. So yeah, Rob, it's, I hear you, bro.
4: I feel thing. you. <laughs> what's, your, what's your shout out, Paul? What are you shouting Uh at?
3: I got a notification on Facebook uh, oh. now, and it's from Ryan Sweeney, who's just posted his GI Joburg mug <laughs> that he bought from our Teespring store. Awesome. And it just fills my heart with so much joy. It's really cool. Uh, so I'd love to hold up a glass of alcohol to him to say thank you. That's really awesome, Ryan. Um, yeah, that's really cool. But what I actually wanted to um say in closing and I've been holding on to this, uh you know, Thor in this movie has like a really hectic time because I mean he firstly he he loses everything. Um mm. he's at rock bottom. He is he's not sure what his purpose in life is, he's completely broken. And um and the thing that stands in front of him that you know that he feels that the thing he needs to defeat to get his power back, is Thanos, and he he does. He chops off Thanos' head, and it doesn't make him better. It doesn't fix him. It doesn't get him right. And the thing that eventually actually gets him right is his friendship, and and also connecting or connecting, you know with himself and with his family, so to speak, and with his roots, and and trying to figure out what that purpose is. And the thing is, uh, I'm I'm speaking from a very personal point now. I really related to Thor in this movie uh, because I'm going through quite a difficult time at the moment. Yeah, dude, you're getting a bit heavier, eh? Sorry, man.
0: No, uh, Watch the Twinkies. <laughs> uh, but bringing say,
3: back. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I'm not getting a beer book or anything like that. No, it's nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Okay, enough jokes, Steven. Uh, but I know, like, a lot of us go through, like, difficult stuff, and, uh... You know I here's to slaying all of our dragons. I hope that we that we manage to get there and we get our power back and we get to jump on the Milano and get on to new adventures actually, it's not even the Milano anymore. What is the new ship's name it's it's um whatever dude
0: I was thinking you were gonna say jump on Tessa Thompson oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know she goes both ways right Ooh. but Ooh. uh.
3: You, Man so, in Black. Like I just
4: wanted to put that out there, and I just uh... Well, defi- <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um,
3: definitely, definitely
4: yeah, so- is going places. I mean, he's kind of like, I was thinking at the end of the movie, he's like the wolf of of the of the, of the original <laughs> crew, you know? Because like, Wolf is the only one that actually went on to be in another TV series, and it yes. really feels like Guardians of the Galaxy Three will be. I mean he's he's a wiser older Thor kind of you know he knows who he is now he feels more like he knows who he is yeah. um, and it's the, it's the humorous Ragnarok Thor but kind of I don't know you know he's gone through something now and yeah, like can actually be the person yeah he can be the person he needs to be and I am I'm looking forward to the future of Thor in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and Paul on G.I. Statue, <laughs> guys. it's gonna yeah. be magical
2: Kiss me once, then kiss me twice, then kiss me once again. It's been a I haven't felt like this, my dear, since can't remember when, it's been a long, long time. You'll never know how many dreams I dreamed about you, or just how empty they all seemed without you. So kiss me once, then kiss me twice kiss me once again It's been a long